0: We humans are capable of incredible things. There is a superhero inside all of us. Our greatest power is our authenticity. Superhuman is not something that needs to be obtained. It is the power within us that needs to be unlocked. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Unlocking Superhuman podcast. I'm your host, Marjan Kemkem. And today I'm going to be doing a special episode. I'm actually going to be telling you my own personal story. Yeah, this is going to be the story of my life. Not everything, um, some important details. I'm going to talk about my childhood, my teens, my adulthood, and where I currently am right now. So I just wanted to take the time to allow the listeners to... You know, get an insight onto some parts of myself and and who I am. So today's episode is, or might contain some triggers for certain listeners. Um, some of the information might be heavy because I'm gonna be talking about some of my, some of my own personal struggles, my trauma, and and some of the healing that that I did in order to you know just build a confident life. So if at any time the information might be too heavy for you, it might be too much, you know, feel free to turn off the podcast or leave the room. Just do what you got to do. You know, I won't be offended. So anyways, um, let's get started. So first of all, um, I was born in the Philippines. I lived on a farm. I was in pretty much a... Or it was a third world country experience. We were, for the most part, living off the land. And I grew up in very, very humble beginnings. We were dirt poor. And the house that I lived in was actually constructed out of bamboo. And that was my first home. Um, After that, you know, when I was five years old, me, my mom, and my sister... We moved to the US and our father stayed behind for about about five years because that's how long it takes to, you know, get a visa, at least for for the country of the Philippines and within that instance. But just skipping around, you know, my, my childhood was pretty was pretty happy, just like any other childhood. Um around around middle school, um, I'm gonna be talking about this later on but so growing up around middle school and throughout high school i i was a very very serious student i was really into my academics it was where i drew myself forth from you know just like how a lot of students they freak out if they get an a minus or a b i was like that um i felt that my education was my top priority and I put a lot of focus and attention on it however even though I was getting you know all these good grades and getting a lot of recognition from my from my teachers from some of my classmates because I was performing so well underneath it all I was I was going through a lot of a lot of depression just just a lot of internal issues I struggled with suicide and even at night I was having trouble sleeping I I was a insomniac and I just had a lot of, you know, just internal anger and whatnot, you know, through you know, just throughout a lot of things in the world and just a lot of things in my life. So, you know, throughout those years I felt that I was more so antisocial. Even though I still had a good group of friends, I felt that being social and being in social situations was very difficult for me. I felt awkward about it. I felt a lot of anxiety just talking to, to you know, normal human beings. I was uh, self-declared and I, I think I still am, for the most part, introverted. And I like to keep to myself and I could care less whether or not I interacted with people. But things started to change as I grew up throughout high school. I became more involved with, with people that were more so outgoing. They were extroverted. They liked to travel. They liked to hang out. And this was more around my, my junior and senior years of high school. I started opening up more, getting out of my shell and just, just interacting with people. And it was strange for me at first, just because for me, it was a little bit mind boggling and a bit uncomfortable, you know, to be hanging around the, these spaces. For me, it was, you know, abnormal, just because of how I was growing up and a lot of the things that I was, I was going through internally. So during senior year, actually, I had a, what I call a senior life crisis. At that time, um, I was stuck between a fork in the road, one of many in my life. It was it was a decision on whether or not I wanted to continue my education after high school, whether or not I wanted to go to college. And throughout throughout grade school, throughout my life, you know that's where my destiny seemed to be primed to go. I was doing so well in school. I was really good at math and. Everybody thought I was going to be an engineer or something along those lines. But, you know, something about going to school after just didn't feel right for me. I I felt that school was no longer being an interest f- for me, and I kind of started hating it. So, you know, in, in my senior year, you know, as, you know, the school year um. You know, as the school year progressed, I actually only applied for one school, you know, with the intention that I wasn't going to go to school. So, what I ended up doing so, fun fact uh, during that year, I saw a commercial. It was one of those recruitment ads for the Air Force. And in that instant, it kind of just like clicked, you know what? I'm just going to join the military. And, you know, that's what I decided to do. So, after high school, I graduated, and a a cool thing happened, actually, during that year, you know, year 2013. I discovered a passion of mine for film. We started a film club. Um, I actually made my first film. It was in my backyard. It It was an action film, and being stuck in my room. Something, like, I forgot. I don't know. I think I posted it on YouTube. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, it was it was that time my senior year. I discovered my passion for just being an artist, and and if I if I recall, which I do recall correctly, I was actually voted best artist in my class. And to me, that was like a kind of like an insult a little bit because at that time I I had a, a certain perception towards art and artists of um it, them just not I don't know because I was in an academic mindset I thought the whole idea of art was like ridiculous but yeah I was um I was voted best artist you could see it on our yearbook which I don't have anymore and that's a story for another day but so I discovered my passion for art towards the end of my senior year and as I when I graduated I started making a little bit more films Just like backyard films and action films and films with friends. But during that time period, it was time for me to, you know, go to the recruiting office and do what I intended to do. And that was join the military. So I went to an office in October and I got shipped out in February. February 24th. That was February 24th, 2014. That was the first day of my military career. And... From that moment, it was another turning point in my life. I felt that everything that I experienced back in grade school, everything I experienced um, from my life before that moment, I felt like I had to, you know be a different person and, and change and be this, this military person that um, wanted to serve, you know, wanted to serve their country and whatnot. And I I also you know got rid of or not got rid of but straight away from just my my artistic roots and a lot of my passions just because my identity now was so wrapped around the idea that I was gonna stay in the military for 20 years and retire as one so that was my original my original plan actually I was thinking about staying in because you know I wasn't I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to, you know, continue, you know, be a normal, you know, have a normal life. So I thought that's what could make my life different than most people. And that's what I thought I was meant to do. And just because I had an interest in the military since I was at a young age, too, it was, you know, all those war movies and just reading all these like military strategies, you know, the art of war and. Just being into that whole whole concept of being a warrior so that's what in my mind i thought i was meant to do but just to give a brief rundown on my military career so i went to basic training in texas then did my tech training there then i got my first duty station and that was in south korea and that was um that was a really interesting time if I could say so myself. I'm not going to go into too much, but but it was a really good time. My first time traveling overseas other than being born from the Philippines. And it was, you know, my first time being away from home. And and after Korea, I got lucky again and I got a, a two-year, another two-year station in, in Italy. So I was... I got lucky, really. You know, not a lot of people in the military get the opportunity to go overseas the first time, and sometimes uh, a lot of members they don't go overseas at all. But I, I got the, I got lucky, and a fun fact, you know. So before I, I went to my basic training. I met this person on the plane. Uh, she was a she was a teacher, and we were we were talking. And she was telling me all about her experiences in Europe and how she studied abroad and was living in Italy and and all of that. And I thought to myself, and and I even told her like, "Wow, it would be amazing if I could experience that." And you know, two years later, you know, there I was. I was living in Italy. I was traveling in Europe, going to all these different countries with just a close group of, group of friends. And sometimes, you know, um other people I wouldn't consider friends, but acquaintances. So there I was doing all these really extroverted things, just going out, traveling, going to parties. And from the looks of it, you know, if you looked at a lot of my pictures that I had with my friends back then, you wouldn't think I'd be the type of person that was, that wanted to be, for the most part, alone and an introverted. You know, you'd think I'd... I'm somebody that was like super outgoing and super confident. But, you know, throughout my military career, there was a common theme. I felt that there were, as far as like the work work life went, and I know a lot of people felt this way too, I was I was not enjoying it. I was I was suffering deep down inside. And looking back at that, you know, I I think that we attract a lot of situations in our life that reflect how we feel internally. And it was a common theme, you know, just throughout even grade school and high school, you know, on the exterior, it looks like I was doing so well, you know, performing so well at school, but internally I was suffering. And that's how it was for the military too. That's how it was for my experience. I was doing all these great things. I was getting the promotions, the recognition, yeah, and I was having a very successful military career. And just because I developed habits at an early age of knowing how to play the game when it came to the work life, career success for me really just came naturally and easy. But then again, I was still feeling as if it was not enough. or And I was on a regular basis suffering. So... After Italy, after that whole adventure, you know, the military finally called me back to New Jersey where where I did my last two years, my last duty station. And from there, I remember telling myself, you know, because the current work I was doing, I was doing a police work, security work, and I was working these long shifts and I told myself be- before I came to Jersey that when I get there, I'm going to find a way and I'm not going to work for these next two years or year and a half that that I was there. And, you know, surprisingly or not surprisingly, you know, the universe answered and I got a different job within, you know, my career field. Uh, this This thing called Raven where... We travel a lot, and we just do these these flyaway missions to other countries, and stay in these hotels. and It's a pretty fun gig, really good group of people, and it's one of those things that I had to try out for, and I had to put in a lot of work, and and I was able to, you know, get that job out of just out of nowhere without even me and really looking for it. it. Just kind of fell into my lap. But so the funny thing about that is within those two years, even though I was stuck stateside, I actually traveled more during that time to different countries more than I did when I was stationed overseas. But anyways, so during that time when I was in New Jersey, I was at a pivotal moment in my life. I was at a a fork in the road once again. I had um, two ideas for where my life was going and I was doing all these this planning of like how my life is going to turn out. You know, where, where do I see myself five years from now? And I was stuck between two passions. One of them was staying in the military and trying for something that was more exciting, such as special operations, doing something like pararescue or P, or even thinking about going to the army and doing special forces because I was looking for something more, something more exciting. And I felt that with my skill sets and just with my focus and my physical fitness, I felt like I could go towards that route. And then the other side of me was, you know, calling back towards one of the early passions that I discovered after or at the end of high school, which was doing film, music and just being a creative and doing that for a living. So I was stuck between two worlds because if I would have stayed in the military, I would have had to... I was at the end of my contract and I would have had to stay in a little bit longer, which would would have prolonged my military experience. But, you know, just like with everything, the universe always brings you what you need. And, you know, out of the blue... Um, I was well, how did I say this word? Uh, I was tasked with a a last minute, no notice deployment to the Middle East, because somebody couldn't go because of paperwork reasons. So I had to fill in for their spot, and within a week's time, you know, I was able to, you know, do all the out processing needed for that. Because usually it takes a couple months to really prepare for. Co- mission or a deployment like that but just within the quickest time frame i was able to finish all my processing and i was out of there so i deployed to the middle east to this base in kuwait the nickname for it is called the rock and then there's this cool big rock i think at the center or somewhere in the center that kind of is like a monument for it but anyways um during this deployment um i was in the desert and i was doing the raven gig which when you're deployed as a raven it's like it's amazing because you hardly work and that's just being honest sometimes you work a lot but sometimes you don't you know it just depends but for the most part on average i worked one full day a week doing a mission then the rest of the time i had off so you could imagine you know I stayed there for, it was about three and a half months. And for the most part, you know, I didn't work. You know, going back to the thing I I said I wasn't going to do was work. And I wasn't working. So, but with that, I had so much free time just to be by myself. And this was the perfect opportunity for me to figure out what I actually wanted. Because my time was coming. And my time was coming to that window where... I had to act within these next couple months whether or not I wanted to, you know, change career fields and do something more excited or just decide whether or not to stay in or to get out of the military altogether. So that's where, you know, I hit the ground running and I had this notebook of mine. It was like, I don't know how many pages in it. It was probably 100 pages. It's one of those right in the rain notebooks. You can get them at like military stores or even online, but you know, I I did you know I hit the ground running and I started just analyzing myself, you know, writing down my thoughts. And there was this cool spot in the Rock. It, it was one of the chapels, and this chapel was open twenty four seven. And at that time, I I stayed on a night schedule because it was just so hot during the day so i would stay up during the night and i would go to the chapel and i would sit in the sanctuary and more often than not it was empty and it was there was some ambient lighting and some low lighting setting and it was just so there's just so much solitude in this space and it was the perfect space for me to really just reflect and and dig deep and see what i could find and the the cool thing about it too is um just kind of a sidetrack. I was reading The Alchemist at that time, and if you haven't read it yet, it's a really, really amazing book by, I forgot how to say his name, Paulo Coelho, I think, but it's a really amazing book, and it's also based in the desert, and I just thought there were just so much similarities between, you know, my experiences and what The Alchemist was all about, but you know, I was doing all this internal work. And I developed a method where I was becoming my own therapist. So I would write a line to where I was pretending to be somebody else, my therapist. And then I would answer. And I kept up this whole process with this this one book. And by the end of it, you know, like I finished the whole book. But what I got from that experience was that, you know, I finally you came to the conclusion that that I didn't want to be in the military at all that the life for me waiting for me on the outside of going back to the civilian world was more worthwhile and what I came to find was that I was I wanted to stay in the military and do all these cool things just because I was trying to fulfill an image an image of you know being this courageous, cool military badass, and and to me that was just something that I wanted to do to like make up for my lack of confidence. So after you know that that three month deployment or three and a half month deployment, you know I decided that you know I was gonna get out. So after I left Kuwait, um, I I did a I went back to New Jersey you know, to my home station, and, you know, I went on leave, went home, then came back to New Jersey, and within that time, I was doing some pretty cool things, Um, me and my buddies were, um, one of my buddies and another friend, friend of mine that was overseas, we started a little club, and we would just talk about our, you know, our personal, the personal things that were going on and stuff like that, and I revealed a couple of things to them that I haven't revealed to a lot of people, but I will go over that later. But so, you know, when I was in New Jersey, you know, just moving along here, um, there was also some cool experiences that I was able to to have again. You know, I got tasked to another, like, last-minute mission, and this one was headed towards Columbia. It was a humanitarian mission, and we brought... um. Just supplies and stuff like that. This was all over the news and I was actually on TV and that was that was my first humanitarian mission and it kind of when I was going through that mission, it kind of opened it opened my heart a little bit. It was it was, you know, one of those things that ju- are just mind blowing because I'm out here in the military and now I'm here, you know, serving this or doing this task that required you know service towards humanity and and the the cool thing is um it was i think it was about like a a month or a couple weeks later i got tasked to another last minute humanitarian mission it was towards africa and that was like a two-week mission but again you know during this mission we were working to you know provide aid to I think it was Mozambique because there was a flood and we we're providing some brought food over to them and I remember as as we were unloading the cargo and we were working with with um, the nationals that were in this country, I, I thought to myself, you know there's people in the world that don't have the same opportunities that I do just because I am living in America now and I have this platform and these opportunities. That's the only reason I have the freedom to really pursue something that I want to pursue. While on the other hand, there's there's millions or even billions of people out there who don't have the chance, and they have to do these regular, you know, I don't want to say mundane jobs, but just jobs required for for living, and they can't, you know, pursue their passion as for a living and to me that opened up my heart again to where just because I'm in this position to give then then that means I have to do my best and take advantage of this opportunity that I have and it even gave my even gave myself more of a reason to you know to it gave me more excitement to for the life that I was gonna have after the military. So after that, um, I think it was about two weeks after that mission. Again, in an instant, um, we we had our office. We got a call from from Kuwait, the you know, the base that um, I was deployed at. They called and said that one of our members got got injured while working. They they fractured their foot and. They're okay. They, they made a, a fast recovery a couple months down the road. But in that moment, we had to replace them and, and find somebody else that would volunteer to go. And at that time, they're, they're trying to figure out who would want to go and stuff like that. And it's one of those things, you know, because it's one of those last-minute missions that requires a lot of sacrifice because you... You'd be gone for like three months, and it, nobody would, or, and it would be just such a big leap. But I knew in my heart that I was supposed to go for some reason. And funny thing is, even before that, we sent another team, or the team that we sent down there to Kuwait. When they were getting on their bus to to go to the airport, I was joking out. I was joking with them, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I'll see you. I'll see you guys in a month." I'll still be over there. And funny thing is, you know, that came true. So within, I think it was like 72 hours, I finished all my processing and I got I got on a plane and I was headed down to Kuwait. And that was just like a, one of the wildest experiences ever. Because again, I was headed back to this place, The Rock. And I got with me another... Another journal that I bought. And that symbolized for me that I wasn't finished with whatever it was I was digging. Because even though my last deployment, or the deployment before that, I unearthed a lot of like my emotions and my belief systems and my family issues, I knew that there was more. There was more to it. So again, you know, I came back to The Rock. Came back to the the sanctuary at the chapel, and started digging again. And as time progressed, and as I go through that experience, I realized that there was some emotions and some experiences in my life that I still did not was not dealing with correctly. There was some stuff that happened in my childhood that I pretty much pushed away on the wayside just because it was so much and it was buried very very deep within me and just to you know to let you guys know what that was so when i was around 8 years old i was sexually abused by a teenage boy he was i think it was like 16 year old 16 years old at that time and the abuse would happen on a regular basis for a period of about 3 years and the abuse would happen right after school when i would go to the babysitter's house just because i was too young to stay at home and my parents were working at that time and couldn't take care of us after 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 we got off of school so i went to this to this house and that's where my abuser lived, so for for that time being, you know, I'm not gonna go over like too much detail about it. But I remember when it happened the first time. I was I was crying and I was just so afraid, and I I even ran home too, you know. But but after a while, the abuse started happening so regularly to where it just became a normal part of my everyday life for those past 3 years at, at times too my abuser would even give me like a reward to just kind of keep me quiet or and and what that did i felt felt that it it coupled the idea of abuse and pain and suffering with with pleasure just because abuse would happen, then I would get, like, a dessert or he'd let me play video games. Like, something like that. And and I realized that this pattern, like, just coming up in just so many places in my life. And, and to add on to that, there was a lot of shame and there was a lot of just inability to express what was happening. Just because... Something like that is n- not easy to to bring out of you, and to communicate to somebody else. Just because there's just so much consequences that come from it, and just because it's just that inf- that type of information is just so traumatic and so heavy that not a lot of people could actually handle or know what to do with that type of information. And to make matters worse, my abuser. He even threatened me. He told me if you ever tell anybody that I'm going to kill you. So from that moment as when I was um you know looking back and doing my my healing and my thoughts and trying to f- figure out what was going on, I realized that that influenced a lot of my ability to express because it not only did it create fear In what was going on, it also locked up any type, any form of expression that I would have in the future. Because what that did was it coupled speaking and expression with torture, with dying. So I could see now for the majority of my life, I was very quiet and I never spoke up when someone of authority would explain something, and I would never stand up for myself just because, you know, I was locked into that mode and into that perception that if I spoke out, then I was going to get hurt, that that I was going to die. So you, you could see that it was just like so many negative patterns that developed from that experience, and it explains or ex- explained a lot to why I was the way I was, why I was going through depression, why... The anxiety, the suicidal thoughts, the anger, the inability to socialize. Just because I felt like it was something traumatic to connect with another individual. And the thing that happened to me was it's an act that's supposed to be one of the most intimate acts we can have as a human being. And it was warped into something that was painful, that was traumatic and... Just had all these negative, negative energies surrounding it. So for the longest time, I was burying that inside me. And this happened, you know, the abuse happened when I was, or stopped happening when I was 11. And when I was on my second deployment in Kuwait, I was, I think, 23 or 24 years old. So 12 years, 13 years down the line, all of that was still stuck within me. But... You know, it was at that pivoted, pivotal moment that I realized that I had to do something about it. And, you know, a lot of the thoughts that, and a lot of the emotions that were going through me, there was guilt, there was shame. Then I started getting angry about the, like, why it happened and started getting angry at the person that hurt me. And at some point, I wanted some type of revenge. I was stuck in that. Uh, just in the need to like take action and make them feel pain, but you know after that those emotions progressed through my mind and body. It started bringing me to a place of a place of uh, courage, of acceptance, and and during that deployment, I actually I messaged him. I found him on Facebook and I told them that. I for I forgave him for whatever he did to me and he responded um about it and I forgot what he wrote but it was along the lines of you know he was ashamed of what he did and he just doesn't be- couldn't believe that I'd forgive him for something like that but you know it was one of those things that I I felt like I needed to do and really you know open my my heart to the experience and the meaning behind it and its purpose in my life, but you know, you know, after I got out of got out of um, Kuwait after I left the deployment, I went back to New Jersey, and I remember going on leave, you know, for about like two weeks, two three weeks after that deployment, and I remember seeing him. He he drove by and because. His his parents still live around where I live and he drove by the car and we saw each other and it was just one of those experiences that was just like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it was just kind of earth-shaking, earth-shattering. And I even saw him a couple times after that, like he walked by and he said hello and asked me how I was doing and it was just a quick conversation, but to me that was the universe symbolizing some type of some type of change i didn't know what exactly but you know just for me or just even imagining you know living on the same earth and being able to communicate with somebody that hurt you in in the way that he did it was just very mind-boggling and very uh, i don't know i don't even know if there's a word to really describe it but, you know, um, moving on from that story or moving on from my military experience, about it was the last year, yeah, 2020, you know, a crazy year for a lot of people. So um, at the end of January 2020, I was processing my, you know, my my military, um, my way out of the military and yeah it was end of january you know finished processing and in that moment you know i was free i was free from from service i went on terminal leave and i was in new jersey at that time so and i had a all my stuff there i had my truck so i packed all my stuff you know left my apartment said goodbye to everybody that i wanted to say goodbye to and I left New Jersey and headed and made my way back to California, where where I lived. So from there, I made a cross-country trip from New Jersey to California. And I remember thinking when I was younger that, you know, I wanted to do something like that. And sure enough, you know, the universe again brought me something um, to do it. So... I drove those 3,000 miles and along the way it was another another learning experience. You know, it was in an instant, you know, my mindset changed to where I felt like I was a lot happier and had all this freedom and the heaviness of, you know, being in the military service was no longer there. Because you got to understand that when I was serving, I was suffering on a regular basis and it's not even... Um, it's not even a complaint or me, what's it called? Or me, yeah, or me complaining about it, really. Like a lot of people feel the same way, but on a regular basis, I was suffering just because my mind and body knew that that was not a space for me to be in. And I was in like this place of denial for the longest time. Just because I wanted to, you know, trying to shift my mindset and I was into, you know, personal growth and self-development. And I wanted to change my my thoughts on on the military and how I felt being in. So I was always trying to remain positive. But at one point I realized I was just in denial of how I really felt. But you know, once I got my papers and I was free. You know, something in me changed and I knew in that instant that my life was going to get better and better. And I'm a big believer and you know, our internal world is only, or our, our external world is a reflection of our internal world. And I knew that my internal world was changing enough to where the dimensions of my outer experience were were being aligned with it. So I drove back to California and I actually, you know, hung out with, on on my road trip back home, I hung out with a couple friends I haven't seen before and family members that I haven't seen before. And that experience was just so amazing too. So if, for any of you out there who has not seen a friend in so long or have not seen a family member in so long... I encourage you to to do so because it's just one of those experiences that's just so heartwarming, especially after so long because one of my friends, I didn't see him for six years and, and just to meet up with him again, it was just so... It, again, opened up my heart so much more because you never really lose friendships, even after so long. You just reconnect and it's like you never left, so... I encourage you all to do that, you know, hit up that person you haven't seen before and you know link up with them. It's it's a great time. It's it's an amazing experience. But so, you know, I left the military and for the next 6 months, you know, after the military, um you know, the co- the the pandemic was happening and and I had to try to figure out like, you know, where my life was going after that. But, you know, just to take it back a little bit. So my last couple months in the military, I went on a vacation to, to Austin, Texas for one of my buddies. Um, he was signing up for the police department. But over there, I went to the University of Texas and just hung out for a little bit. And I thought to my mind, I don't want to hang out in a college and stuff like that. But the funny thing is, when I got back to New Jersey and my mind it just kind of clicked it was like you know what i need to apply for school so i had to go through the process of you know finding the school i wanted to go to and ended up being UCLA but i had to go take the sat's again i had to go study for that too and when i took it you know i i got really good scores and i was really proud of myself for that but anyways you know just moving along again a couple of months down the road I you know after I applied you know I found out that I got accepted to college so you know who, who would have thought right because I didn't want to go to school after high school but now I'm going to UCLA you know one of the more prestigious schools in California or even throughout the United States and it was, they have a high acceptance rate there too so it just goes to show you know you know, how, how much work I put in when I was um, in high school, and that was the only school I applied to, too, so that was legit the only thing that was going for me at that time, and I chose LA just because that's the heart of the entertainment industry, so there was, there's a method to my madness, but anyways, so six months down the road, you know, COVID is happening, and I find out that that um um even before that you know those six months reintegrating back to civilian life it, it was um it was a process and it's a story for another day okay so so it was so six months down the road i was in uh, at home and i i found out that everything was gonna be online you know school was gonna be online so i I couldn't go to la anymore and it was kind of a bummer. So, and I accepted the fact that I was going to stay home for a bit. But then it was a Saturday and something happened at my house that was just a very minuscule argument. But before that, you know, during my time back home, you know, there was a buildup inside me that, you know, wanted to move out and wanted to become free again. And it was that day, you know, I finally snapped and I took all my bags and in five minutes I packed my car and I drove to the coast. And from there, I just figured out, I tried to figure out like what I was going to do and ended up moving to L.A. And I moved to Los Angeles and I stayed in a hostel for a little bit. Then I moved to a co-living area. It's like a community building and you sleep in these pods. And But this community, it was, it's based on um, health and wellness and during this time there was a lot of people moving in who was really into the healing arts and spirituality and it was mind blowing for me because a lot of the people there were just so artistic and so expressive and for me and the conversations that I would be having with with everyone on a regular basis was stuff that I used to that I I would like to talk about on a regular basis. You know, it's stuff that I would mention and things that like not many people would talk about. You know, spirituality and manifestation and purpose and it was really very um, another you know opening experience for me. So, so during that time, you know, I eventually I went back home uh, just to like to visit on. I visited home on a regular basis, like my small town in the Central Valley, you know, to kind of, um, you know, reconnect with my family and kind of, um, because I left so abruptly at that time, and there was, you know, there's always, you know, some feelings about that, but, you know, we get along now. But, so during that time when I was living in this community, I was attending all these these classes, um, the breathwork classes, and just really learning how to, to be part and to really connect with others. Because I would see so many people on a regular basis, I would live with them. And for me, that, that, that healed me a lot because it restored a lot of my confidence and my ability to interact and work with others. And also all the the classes that were going on, all the especially the breathwork classes that was hosted by one of my good friends. She, yeah, you know, she would lead these classes on Sundays. And during one of the classes, during one of the sessions, as I was doing the breathwork, you know, a lot of these emotions about my abuse, about my trauma, um, they started coming up again, and you know, because. You know, it's always an ongoing process, and the healing is just a process. And even expressing to you these uh, what happened is part of the process. But those emotions start coming up again, and and during that class, you know, we would always, you know, we would always express like certain thoughts and emotions, and it was a very safe space for it. So I felt found the courage and really the energy to, you know, bring that story you know, that trauma out of me, and I told these people, and some of them, you know, I've only met them for the first time, and, you know, I told them my story of, of the abuse that I went through, and, you know, the energy that I was feeling during that session, and how, you know, I was being lifted up from it, and I was using it now as, you know, a a force to propel myself towards where I need to be and and whatnot. But that was another turning point for me, just to be able to express that, you know, that towards strangers for the most part, and and people that I was going to be living with too. But you know, f- um, to make a long story short after another six months of living in Los Angeles, I, I finally decided to, you know, move back home just because I found, I found like I needed a a balance and I felt like Los Angeles, Angeles was not the place for me at that time again, because eventually I'll move back, but at this time I'm, I'm at home in the Central Valley with my parents again and and doing this podcast, but it was another change for me and you know before that you know this this whole movement of unlocking superhuman came about it just came about on a whim when I was legit doing nothing and the idea of of this whole movement just came about and what it is you know I think it's based on a lot of like based on a lot of the, the things that happened to me as a kid and also based on the idea that we as human beings were so powerful that we, we have, you know, authenticity within us that needs to be expressed. And, and oftentimes the supervillains, you know, the, the limiting beliefs, the negative thoughts, those are what prevent us from truly reaching our highest potential and this whole movement is really about you know becoming your your own superhero to becoming the the main character of your own life and what i take from that is is because of what happened to me because of the the abuse and the trauma you know even despite all the odds i am still able to you know express it and i'm here being able to tell my story especially on a platform like this one towards where anybody in the world could hear it and to me that's mind-boggling because i would not have thought that this was something that i would be telling people on a regular basis about what happened to me and not only that you know the trauma and the The negative feelings that I I got from that experience, they are slowly and for the most part, uh, they don't live within me. On a regular basis, I I experience states of joy. I'm confident with my life. And even looking at my life on the external, you know, most people that know me, they see that I'm traveling a lot, that I have all these friends and, you know, physically fit and it's it's like i kind of have it all but not a lot of people know the story or not a lot of people know what i went through and if you would look at me now you wouldn't think that i would have experienced something as traumatic as that but the truth is you know we human beings we always have the potential to transform and I think that was the purpose of my experience, was to be a way-shower, to be a guide, and to really inspire to people to overcome any obstacles or any barriers that they may have, regardless of what has happened. And one of my close friends told me, and he said it in our last podcast, uh, shout-out to Raghdan, um, he said that, Our purpose is hidden within our wounds. And for me, that rings true. Because without those wounds and without the confidence and the ability to know that I can overcome those odds, you know, I wouldn't be here expressing and creating, you know, all these wonderful things that I'm about to create. So, with that, you know, I think that concludes my story and um, this is not the end. You know, more to come. Um, if there are any of you out there who are listening to this and may have experienced similar things, know that it's not the end of the world and there is healing and it, does take a long time it's a process and even now as i speak this this is probably my 10th take probably more than that recording it and really being able to express this in a in a more comfortable way because i this is probably not going to be the last time that i speak this story and that's something i got to prepare for but anyways you know that concludes this episode I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something from it. And, you know, if anything, you know, don't be afraid to express, don't be afraid to tell anybody what you went through. Because ultimately, the truth will set you free. I promise you that. The truth will set you free. But, anyways, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Unlocking Superhuman. You can follow me on Instagram at unlocking underscore superhuman. I'm your host, Marjan on Chem Chem, And we leave you all in peace. Thank you.